Hallelujah. Isn't God good? What a wonderful time in his presence already this morning. Declaring that our king has won the victory. God never does things in boxes. He has a purpose which works out. The fact that we're sitting here today is all a part of God's purpose. It says in Psalm 37 that the Lord ordains or he orders the steps of the righteous. So if you're here this morning, whether you thought you would be here this morning or perhaps it was a last minute decision, the Lord wanted you here. And he wants you to know that he's for you and he's not against you. Isn't that good to know? God is for us. He's not against us. We have so much to do for the Lord. And all the time we need to do it in if we'll be faithful to the things he wants us to do. But he is for us and not against us. I trust you've had a really good summer. I hope you had the chance to get away or if you didn't get the chance to go away, I hope at least you had the chance just to stop and take a break and enjoy the wonderful weather that God blessed us with. But the truth is, even though sometimes we stop, the gospel of Jesus Christ never stops. Just like God the Father promises us about himself, he never slumbers or sleeps. God never switches off for a second. And it's the same with his kingdom. It's the same with his purpose. His purpose is always, always, always moving forward. Our role as the people of God is to spend time with him, finding out what he's doing, that we might involve ourselves in the purposes of God on this earth. The kingdom of God, it says in the book of Matthew, is advancing. It's advancing forcefully, and it never slows down. There's no speed bump in the road that can stop it. There's no diversion for the kingdom of God. It's advancing, and that scripture in Matthew 11, I think it is, goes on to say, and it's violent men lay hold of it. What a strange verse. Are we supposed to be violent? In this sense, these are the people of God who look up into heaven to see what the Lord is doing. They see his purpose and they lay hold of it and they pull it down into the here and now. Which is why we can pray, Lord Jesus, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The kingdom of God is advancing. And all over the world, The kingdom of God is advancing and the spirit of God is moving. Every day, salvations, miracles, signs and wonders all across the world, the Holy Spirit is doing what the Holy Spirit loves to do. He loves to talk about Jesus. He loves to show Jesus because the Holy Spirit loves to talk about the one who sent him. Forceful men lay hold of it. I want us to know we are such a people. We are those involved with what the Lord is doing. Our God that we sung about, our God who has won the victory, our God who could not be held down by death has called you and I to get involved with the very things that he wants to accomplish in this earth. That's exciting and that's good news. And here we are in the last quarter of 2018. We're in September. How did this happen? Where did the summer holidays go, for one? Guys going back to school tomorrow or Tuesday. Where did that summer go? But it's here. But it's okay, because God knew. 
and he's already gone before you. Students coming back, thinking about university, thinking about colleges restarting. Where did the break go? Did I get all my work done? It's okay, God knows. And he's already gone before you. But here's the wonderful thing, whether you've taken a break or you've not had a chance, whether you're going back to school, whether you're going off to university or college, the Lord has gone before you and he has gone ahead of you and prepared good works for you to do. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 simply says this, it's one of these verses that got into me as a young man, we are his workmanship, his masterpiece, he loves us dearly, created for the good works he planned in advance for us to do. There are things for you and I to do. None of us are here to fill a seat. None of us are here just to put money in a basket. None of us are here just to go to a life group on a Wednesday night or a Thursday night. But each one of us is created lovingly by a a wonderful king who calls you his masterpiece and says, and I've made you unique and I've made you just how I wanted you to be because I've got works just for you to do. So you know, children, when you go to school this week, oh, I really could do with another couple of weeks off. Let's bring in that Canadian-American system of 10 weeks, shall we? (laughs) Parents say, glory, no! But he's gone ahead of you, and he's got things for you to do. But we have much to do. A quarter of the year left is plenty for the Lord to achieve everything he wants to achieve. We have all the time we need when we put Jesus first. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. And yet, in my time in waiting on the Lord, I'm coming to a sense as well that it's time for another shift to take place in our thinking. It's time for another shift to come in our focus. And uh, the Lord touched upon it this morning as Diane prayed and then Katie came and, and shared the word, which is that it's not, just, uh, it's not just a time to enjoy him, but it's a time now to go. Now, it's always been a time to go with the gospel of Jesus Christ ever since Jesus said go. In the army, you follow the last command you were given until you're given a new one. And as far as I know, scholars, you can help me out. But in the word of God, Jesus said go, and I don't see that he's taken that back. So in the army of God, we follow the last command we're given. But there's a fresh emphasis, I believe, in what the Lord has been preparing our hearts for. It's a fresh shift that has to come. See, it's not enough to be a believer and give your money to a ministry on TV. Good, faithful men and women. But supporting their ministry at the neglect of your own is not right. There's things for you to do. It's not right that we enjoy being a part of such a wonderful church with with, uh, Ephesians 4 gifts of apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, but think that it's okay, they'll do the work. It's okay, we have an evangelist. He'll do it. She'll do it. They'll get out there. We neglect even the thought that actually the, the gifts of Christ are there to equip the body. They're to equip us to go and do the work. A shift has to take place. And I'd like to look at again at a scripture, if I can, that I shared with you, and we spent some time in at the start of this year. It's a scripture that got under my skin about last December, and it's just been there. It's stayed ever-present all this year. So if you turn with me to Romans 15, 13, perhaps you'll remember it as we look at it. Says this, may the God of hope 
That's our God. He's the God of hope. There's no hope in anyone else. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. There's so much in there, but I believe there are keys for us today as believers, even amongst here as this family of All Nations Church. First thing to say is this, if you need hope this morning, the God of hope is here. But amazingly, the God of hope, it doesn't say he fills you with hope. The God of hope manifests himself when he fills you with this, joy and peace. Which, when you read Romans 14, you find are core aspects of the kingdom of God. The kingdom is not about eating and drinking, but it's righteousness, peace, and joy, and all of that in the Holy Spirit. But that's what the God of hope, he fills you. He fills you with joy and peace. Whatever is ahead of you, you can face it with joy and peace because the God of hope wants to fill you and he's here today. And the purpose of being filled is simply this, so that you overflow with hope. And the vessel, the the means that he wants you and I to overflow with hope is the power of the Holy Spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit. And yet the key to all of this is highlighted there for you. It's this, as you trust him. We like the first bit. The God of hope, thank you Lord. Fill me, yes, with all joy and peace. Overflowing the last bit. I'd love to overflow. I'd love to overflow by the power of the Holy Spirit. Thank you Lord Jesus, that sounds wonderful. It is wonderful, but here's the key. It's as we trust him. It's as we put our faith in him. And that's why uh, this year we have been responding to a word in what we've been teaching and preaching you, not just for the sake of finding a theme, but we received a word that we should minister in faith and on faith. Minister on faith. And there's a purpose for that. There's a reason for that. Because I want to be filled by the God of hope with all joy and peace, to overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit, but that takes faith to trust him for the things that I cannot see. That takes faith to trust him for the things that are ahead. Trusting God takes faith. But I'm not talking about uh, wishy-washy faith. I'm talking about the faith that the Bible speaks of. Now, the Bible says this. It says that the just or the righteous, they live by faith. The Bible says that we walk by faith, not by sight. Things come to us that we, we, don't, we can't figure out. That's okay. The Bible says in Hebrews 11, it's by faith we understand. We do everything we do to glorify the Father, to glorify the Son. Hebrews 11 says this. It's by faith we please God. We are called to live by faith. And this year, we've looked at lots of different things. We've looked at how we live by faith, what it is to hear God, what it is to respond to God, how faith is a weapon to be used, how uh, faith 
is a shield to be lifted high. How faith is like an extinguisher that puts out the fiery darts of the enemy. We've looked at how uh, faith is key to our confession and agreeing with God and saying back to him the things that he says about us and about himself. We've looked in the word at how faith silences fear. Faith, faith, faith. Why? Because we're called to live by faith. Not wishy-washy faith. Not faith as the world understands. Not as faith as George Michael sang about. I'm talking about what the Bible teaches about faith. Hebrews 11 verse 1 simply says this. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things unseen. Without going into the Greek word, because the Greek word I will mispronounce and they make me laugh. But faith is the substance. That word substance means a title deed. As if you owned a house, this is my proof, this is mine, you cannot take it away from me. When God says something is yours and you receive it by faith, immediately it is yours. Whether you can see it or not, you can say, here's my proof. What is your proof? My faith. It's mine. The Lord says I have it. God said it. I believe it. That settles it. Now I'm going to walk in the good of that. We're called to live by faith. And have faith in a God who he is himself faithful. Terrible to have faith in politicians. They're not faithful. Terrible to have faith in uh, icons of pop culture, celebrities, Movie stars, singers and songwriters, they're not faithful. They come and go. They make mistakes. But our God, our God is faithful. And we can put our trust in him. May the God of hope fill you as you trust him, as you live by faith, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. We are called to live by faith. I want to encourage us this morning, none of us are called here to be static. But the Lord has called us to go out. I'd like to put that word out into your vocabulary this morning. Out. Out. Great building. Love it. Kept us nice and dry in the barbecue last week. For those of you who are here, even when the rain tried and did manage to get inside the building... We still stay dry. Thank you, Lord, for a great building. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for a presence that other people can see. But this is not the church. We're called to go out. We're called to reach out. Where you live, where you study, where you work, where you visit, where you shop, wherever you go, out! We're called to go out. The Bible says in 1 Peter 2 verse 9, let me read this to you. You, that's you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood and a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. We're called to go out, and that's fitting for being known as the church. The Greek word for church, the ecclesia, comes from two Greek words that literally means those who have been called out. And we have been called out And Jesus calls us to go. A few weeks ago, Joshua Scaife stood here and spoke a word that God had put on his heart. And as he spoke, it really just solidified everything that the Lord was stirring in me. He talked about being prepared. For the Lord is preparing us for something. 
I say it again, from the moment Jesus said to go, we were called to go. But this year, as the Lord has been quickening about what it is to live a life of faith, the intention of that word is because we are called to go and live in faith, but called to go with the gospel of Jesus Christ like never before. My friends, the days ahead of us are the most exciting days that any of us have ever experienced The days ahead of us will surpass history in all its measure of revival, in all its measure of sign and wonder, of an explosion of evangelism, of people responding to the gospel. It will surpass everything. With God, the best really is yet to come. And we're called to be a part of that. We're called to go. We've been schooled in faith. For one reason, because God wants us to go out. He's calling us to live that way, to go out. It's such a big command. Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation. That's huge. That's massive. You know what? That's going to take faith. But it's time now, church, to go out. It's time to move out. It's time to break out. It's time to get out of our comfort zones. It's time to get out of wrong thinking. It's time to get out of bad thinking. It's time to get out of buildings. It's time to get out of houses. It's time to get out of small mindsets. It's time to break out of the the small things, the small boxes where we put the Holy Spirit in. It's time to break out of what we believe God can do through us. It's time to break out of wrong thinking of what we can do through God. It's a new day for new thinking and everything God is saying, go out. We're going to be hearing, I'm sure, more and more about this over the coming weeks. But we're called to go out with the gospel. Let me just ask you this question. Don't answer it out loud, just answer it in your hearts. You will immediately know the answer. Buddy, do you need to break out for God? Do you need to break out in a fresh way with a fresh push to the people around you that you know God has drawn near to you to be recipients of the gospel? Do you know that? Before that will happen, the Heavenly Father, His Holy Spirit, He needs to break in in a fresh way. We began to touch on that this morning. I was so pleased Tim came and just led us. It's all about glorifying Jesus. And Jesus himself wants to break out amongst us this morning. And I just want you to know, so no one is deceived where we're going. I'm going to give you all an opportunity just to respond and receive a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit this morning. He wants to meet with us in every single one of us. It is God's intention That he fills this world with himself. How is he going to do that? There is a crazy verse. Every time I read it, I think, as one of the disciples must have thought, and I think, Jesus, what are you saying? Jesus is going around doing good, healing the sick, casting out demons, raising the dead. And then in the next breath, he says to his disciples, it's good for you now that I go away. And on what plan? In what strategy is that good? That Jesus, Jesus who's walking on the earth, in what plan does that make sense that he goes away? Who's going to do the work now? And Jesus says, you don't understand. It's good for you that I go away. 
so that I can send the comforter. So I can send the Holy Spirit. And it went from one Jesus walking in one real time and place, one geographic area. Now around this world, there are hundreds of millions of Jesuses all around the world. Because Christians, men and women, boys and girls, filled with the Holy Spirit, they live the life of Christ wherever they go. And Jesus says, go into all the world, knowing that he had the secret already stored up of how he was going to do it. And here's the wonderful thing. Jesus sent the Spirit, and the Spirit loves to talk about Jesus. The Spirit loves to show off Jesus. He loves to glorify the Son. He absolutely loves it. And I've been struck again by the power of the gospel and how the Holy Spirit wants to take the power of the gospel and break it out wherever we are. I liken the gospel, if you will, to a stone in water. If you're wondering what the power of the gospel looks like, let me simply say this. Imagine the coolest of waters, a nice refreshing pond, a lake perhaps, with nothing on, nothing going on, maybe a gentle breeze to stir it every now and then. But then along came Dave, a seven-year-old boy, and I love to throw stones in water. Anybody love to throw stones in water? Of course you do. You've all done it, particularly children. What is it about going to the beach and you just see kids find find rocks, which are 17 times the size of their head, but all they want to do is make a splash. But that's what the gospel does. You see, if you take a stone and you drop it into that wonderful, placid lake, what's going to happen? Very simple. It ripples. You know the power of the gospel to hit a person's life, it doesn't actually just stay there. You know the power of the gospel spreads out. You know it has far-reaching consequences. Do you know that's why Jesus can talk to one lady in John chapter 4 when he's thirsty and he receives a drink. He talks to one lady, one, and the whole village comes out to see him. How is that possible? It's because there is something inherent in the power of the gospel that doesn't just want to be one seed, it wants to be many. It doesn't want it to stay in one place. It's desperate to break out. And that's what the gospel does. You know, when you speak out, when you break out of this building, when you break out of fear, when you step out in boldness, and you speak to that friend, that colleague, that family member, you know what? That seed of the gospel has everything it needs for salvation in that person's life. But it doesn't just stay with them. You have a promise For each and every one of your household. How does that happen? Because the gospel breaks out. Where you go and you live your life. And maybe you don't get many chances to speak to people about the good news or share your testimony. But they're watching you all the time. And suddenly you're not just one person affecting one. Everybody's watching you and the gospel breaks out. Where you live, where you work, where you study, where you shop. Where you walk, where you run, where you jog, where you work out, wherever you go to do whatever you do, the gospel is ready to break out. And the Lord Jesus wants to overflow by the power of the Holy Spirit. The gospel is seismic. And we are seismic people. You know, they talk about things in terms of being seismic, don't they? Whenever there's an earthquake. You know, when the ground physically shakes... And it talks about the the aftershock, the ripples of power that burst out from an epicenter and have far-reaching consequences. 
It's no wonder then that the writers uh, inspired by the Holy Spirit to record what God was saying to them use earthquakes as the only thing powerful enough to describe the word of God. That something happens when God speaks and God touches the earth. Earthquakes. The gospel wants to break out. And he wants to do it through you and I. We are seismic people. And that's the gospel. But that's not the end of the story because this is what the Holy Spirit loves to do. Here's our stone. Anybody enjoy skimming stones? Come on. Be honest. Who loves, who, who I, come on. You get, you, we spend hours, people. You can't help it. You don't mean to do it. You weren't even going out looking for it. But suddenly you find yourself by the water and then you see a smooth stone and you, there's something just drops in you. I could do that. I could skim that. That thing is going from there to the other side of this lake. No problem. Watch this. And we, we, we get it. We caress it. Is it the right smoothness? Is it the right shallowness? You know, people have studied this. You know, people have actually worked out mathematical formulas for how you can do this. You know, people have actually worked out the formula of the right angle and the right weight. And you need to have 14 rotations of a stone in order to break the world record. If you can throw a stone at 58 miles an hour at 14 rotations a second, you'll break the world record. That's what they said. Someone even wrote a book on the art of manliness, on how to skim a stone. What's that about? But you know it as well as I do that there is nothing in the world more satisfactory than when you find that stone. When you in super slow motion, when you take that step and you release and you just know immediately that's a good one. And it skips and it skips and, it's, and you see it skipping into the distance and at first the jumps are big. One, two, no, 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 no. Three, no, 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 no. And then they get closer. Four, five, six, yeah. Double figures. And you feel proud. And you think everyone on the beach is also watching and they are proud of you. And you have a time where it's skimming away from you and you feel like your dad. Yes, I saw my father do this. And now I too am a father and I shall teach my children. Look, son, see how far this stone went. It's a great feeling. You know, the Holy Spirit takes this stone, this gospel, and he doesn't just like to see it in one place. The Holy Spirit is a skimmer because he loves to take this stone and not just see it burst out in one place, but he loves to see it break out and break out and break out and break out. Because the gospel isn't just for here and it isn't just for your house. It's wherever you go. The Holy Spirit is breaking out. He wants the gospel to break out wherever you go, wherever you walk, wherever you talk, wherever you go, wherever you study, wherever you have coffee, wherever you shop, wherever you go to the dentist, wherever you go to the doctor, the gospel goes with you. And the Holy Spirit says, I will take your life with the seed of the gospel and I will do this. And you will go from this place to that place to this place. And wherever you walk, ripples of the gospel power will flow out from you. How does this happen? It happens like this, church. May the God of all hope fill you with joy and peace as you trust him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. 
And today the Lord is calling anyone who wants to be and longs to be and perhaps has once, once been, but wants to be again, a person of hope. He wants to take you and fill you again with all of himself and say, now go and see what I can do. The Holy Spirit wants to see the gospel break out. And he has found a people who have been called out. And the word to us is that it's time to go out, to move out, to break out. It's time to go. It's time to go out. I'd like to turn you to one final scripture, if you wouldn't mind, in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. very simply just to say this. Acts chapter 1 verse 8, Jesus said to his disciples, just prior to this, don't leave, wait, wait, wait. The disciples ask him a question, Lord, are you going to do different things at this time? No, that's not for you to know about. This is the thing you need to know about. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses. And he talks about my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all of Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Even just to look at a map, it's ripples coming from a place of encounter. That's what the gospel does. It starts in Jerusalem, Judah and Samaria. It goes out and it goes out. You know, church, we have a word over us as a church that the Lord spoke to us, that we would reach this city this nation, and to the ends of the earth. The Lord told us we have what it takes, All Nations Church, to reach this city. So we need to start here. But it's time to break out. But it'll happen like this. When we decide that we want to go, and we call on God for a fresh outpouring of His Holy Spirit, say, Lord Jesus, I've heard your word, I'm living by faith, now I'm going out. And that's how it will happen. It'll happen friend by friend, colleague by colleague, neighbor by neighbor, street by street, home by home, workplace by workplace, school by school. It'll happen in the small, but don't despise the small things. Don't despise the small conversation. Don't despise the kind act. Don't despise the good deed because the ripples of the power of the gospel will spread and many will see. But if you want to be used, if I want to be used, then we need to be full to overflowing. Or may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. All of this is pretty much by way of introduction to another time. And there's going to be lots more the Lord, I believe, wants to say about this. About living by faith, living by the power of the Holy Spirit, and breaking out. But for now, I want to give you an opportunity in the time that we have left. Just to come into the presence of God. And say, Lord Jesus, I need to be filled again. 
Lord Jesus, I know I need to break out. I need to be filled again. I need to encounter you again. Can I say this politely and kindly? It's for all of us. It's for those at the back and those at the front. It's of all ages. It's for men and women. It's for boys and girls. And the Holy Spirit is looking for who will say, use me, fill me, send me. So I'm going to ask Josh and the musicians if they will come back. And I'm going to read a scripture to you. But first, I simply want to invite you, and I don't mind how you do this, but I'd like to invite you to come forward.